0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR.
1: Certainly, as we've seen in the debate around NAFTA, the importance of getting a new NAFTA deal done, the debate around the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the Canada-Europe free trade agreement, there's a growing consensus that free trade is good for Canada. And that there's there's value in securing open markets and knocking down trade barriers. So if if we can figure that out internationally, why is it so hard to figure that out at home? Why is it so hard to do business from province to province? Why do we have an easier time knocking down trade barriers with other countries than we do within our own country? I suppose it's a bit of a mystery. Uh, But the fact is, yeah, we we have had a very difficult time knocking down internal trade barriers, despite the obvious benefit in doing so. Uh, A new report out today from the Atlantic Institute for Market Studies lays out a bit of a blueprint as to how we get there, the importance of doing so, and, and what needs to happen to really make some meaningful change. It's called A New Canadian Partnership. The Promising Opportunity for interprovincial Free Trade. Joining us to talk more about it uh, is the author of this paper, Ian Brody. He's an associate professor at the University of Calgary, also former chief of staff to Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Ian, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program.
0: Pleased to be here, Rob.
1: Well, and I guess, I mean, you've seen it from the inside, the challenges in, in actually making progress on this. So, I mean, the first question is, why is it so hard?
0: I think there's uh, there's two sets of challenges here. We can talk about uh, sort of legal and constitutional challenges for hours and hours. Uh, the federal government has uh, over the years tried to bring some measure of uh, of internal free trade here, and they've always run into legal and constitutional problems. That's the the first step. The uh, History there is is very long, and the Harper government had its own had its own run at this when I was still in uh, when I was still in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. But the basic issue here is provincial political uh, uh, will and provincial political focus, right? There's no reason why we have to go to Ottawa to resolve these problems. These problems can be and should be resolved between, between provinces. And I think <clears throat> with the recent change of government in, in, uh, in Ontario and an election coming up here uh, in Alberta, it could be that come this summer, this will be the window of opportunity we have to make some further big progress taking down some of these barriers.
1: Well, there was a lot of attention around the Canada Free Trade Agreement in 2017. This was supposed to be a fix to the problem, but, but where has that fallen short?
0: Look, every effort at this makes some kind of progress in some, in some areas. And the Canada Free Trade Agreement from a year and a half ago now uh, made some good progress, although I would say most of the progress was in setting a uh, negotiating uh, schedule for the next couple of years between the provinces. The problem is if you try to get <clears throat> every province to sign on to a single agreement here uh, with the federal government uh, in the lead all at the same time, you're getting sort of the lowest common denominator of what all the provinces are are, are amenable to doing at, the, at, at, at once, right? Not every province has a political leadership that's, uh, that's going to be ambitious on uh, free trade and, and pro-market agenda. So I guess what the paper I've tried to argue is, <clears throat> let's say there's a change of government here in Alberta in sometime this spring, which there might be. That would then put uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, now New Brunswick, and maybe, depending on what's going on in Quebec, I don't think we know about Mr. Legault yet, but you could put those seven provinces... You know, a big chunk of land between the to go from the Rocky Mountains all the way to the Atlantic Ocean. Uh in the hands of people who really do want to tear down be very aggressive in tearing down some of these interprovincial trade barriers. Jason Kennedy's made comments about this in the past. Rob Ford has made comments about this in the past. Uh the new premier of, of New Brunswick has made comments about this in the past. Forget about the other provinces for the time being. Let's go with the people who have a strong political commitment to tearing down trade barriers. Don't try to get every all of the 10 provinces around the table. That's not worth the extra hassle that's going to come to bring BC on side and so forth. Let's go with the people who have a strong public commitment to tearing down free trade barriers and see how far you can get over the course of a summer or 12 weeks or something like that. We have existing agreements that you could use as a template. And then once they've agreed to take really an aggressive step on tearing down trade barriers wait for the other provinces to come on side. I think that's a better approach. We're going to get farther doing that, we're going to get farther more quickly uh, doing that over the course of the next uh, couple of months than try to get another agreement that has all 10 provinces on side where not every province is committed to the process.
1: Let's talk about what those barriers are, because at least uh, under the Constitution, there aren't supposed to be interprovincial <laughs> trade barriers, but there, there are all kinds of interprovincial trade barriers that exist.
0: Well, I want to be careful what we say on this, Rob, because <clears throat> we talk about interprovincial trade barriers and physical things, you know, uh, uh, physical things that you could buy at the grocery store or at the local shopping mall. There aren't many trade barriers between the provinces on those things at all and haven't been since Confederation. Uh, there are some about uh, the movement of alcohol, that requires both the federal government and the provinces to cooperate to block trade there. And there are some in milk and dairy, eggs, and some of the agricultural products that are governed by the supply by the supply management system. I think we've found over the course of the past 10 years, the barriers to moving alcohol are not very popular. People have made political progress making an issue about you know, freeing the beer, freeing the wine, allowing beer and wine to move between between provinces. Some of that's been uneven progress, but I think the political will is there. On the supply management, commodities, milk and eggs, and so forth, that's a different that's a different story. The big challenge is not between <clears throat> provinces, you know, stopping trucks and imposing tariffs on the contents of trucks. Think about things like changes in trucking regulations or business registration regulations. I would say one of the big ones is, you know, you can be registered uh, to ply a profession or a trade here in Alberta. Sometimes it can be difficult to move those certifications to another province. And every province, to a certain extent, protects government procurement from competition by companies from other provinces. We can make progress on all of those things. And I think if you had you know, seven provinces from Alberta to New Brunswick, that's about 85% of, the, of Canada's economy. If you had eight provincial leaders uh, give a strong mandate to negotiators over the summer to make some real serious progress there, I think you would.
1: You know, yeah, the debate around interprovincial uh, trade in beer and wine and, and spirits, I mean, it certainly illustrates where there's a lot of protectionism that still exists. I mean, is that really what we're up against? It's, it's just this this protectionism that persists in provinces?
0: On the, in the case of uh, of, uh, of liquor, we've seen this here in the uh, uh, Notley government's efforts to build up local micro distilleries and so forth. Yes, there is still a kind of local economic development imperative, and we had the brief... Uh, trade war and wine between Alberta and British Columbia over the construction, over the construction of pipelines. I'm not sure that was protectionism so much as it was sort of a, a, a political spat between the two provinces over, over other things, and beer and wine was sort of the, caught in the crossfire. So there's issues there. But on the bigger regulatory issues, like why can't we have the same regulations for moving trucks on big four-lane, six-lane highways between uh, Alberta and, uh, and New Brunswick, There, each province has done its own thing. Provinces are entitled to do that. Under our Constitution, provinces have the power to regulate these things, and they do them, and they do them differently. It will require political will from the top of the provinces. Again, I don't think having the federal government involved in this is very helpful. It will require political will from the top of the provinces to try to standardize those things as much as possible. I think a very pragmatic approach to that is possible with the people who want to make progress. I think this summer is a good time to do it.
1: And the benefits of doing so, right? I mean, everybody wins, don't they?
0: Well, the more you take out the cost of moving goods around, letting people, you know, apply their trade between provinces, maybe let provincially regulated financial industries, uh, financial firms uh, uh, compete across provinces or own other companies across provinces, the more you're <clears throat> really giving a big boost. To economic growth in Canada. We know that when you bring down these sorts of trade barriers, there's a big economic uh, uh, boost in, in growth, both in the short term uh, and in the long term. I think insofar as we've been wondering in Canada whether we could build pipelines, whether we get big projects done, whether we can deal with regulatory overreach and so forth. What the country needs right now is a big, high-profile political effort to say, no, we're going to try and do something to reignite economic growth in this country. And if you could make really serious progress against the cost of doing business across provincial boundaries over the course of, let's say, from here until Christmas, between the Alberta election and Christmas, or the Alberta election in September, I think that's exactly the kind of boost that the country's economy needs.
1: Indeed. I'll be able to read more about this proposal at aims.ca, A-I-M-S.ca. In Brody, thank you so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate it. Thanks us. for having me Take care. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.